0: Hey guys, can I, can I come work out in the weight room I paid for?
1: What it is, what it do. This is Ramblin, your Rams weekly podcast that brings you inside of the team and news from around the NFL. I'm your host and team reporter Serena Morales coming at you from Los Angeles, California. I hope everyone is safe staying healthy. The Rams continue to work remotely. I'm in my living room. The Rams are all in their living rooms. as They just started virtual off-season programming, so we're going to keep everyone up to date on what's happening around the team. To help me with that, I invited one of my favorite humans. He's been on the podcast before. He's very familiar with the team, despite being an overall NFL football analyst for ESPN. Last season, he spoke to the Rams during OTAs. He is a former NFL safety that loves Sean McVay. He also loves nice suits. He also loves Tasty Cakes
0: for snacks. Ryan Clark is back. <laughs> hey, listen, Tasty Cakes Tasty cakes are new to my life, though. Like, we've never ate Tasty Cakes. This has been a quarantine thing, and uh, we've become very comfortable with one another. Our relationship has grown. And I think uh, what Tasty Cakes has done for me, I'll never be able to repay.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, there's a balance, right? You have to have the suite and then you have to have abs. So you it makes you work out more if you're going no, to I've, burn something
0: off. Listen, I, I've kind of become a runner. Like, I remember when you were in the end, I would go train. You know, you'd be in the treadmill running and training for half marathons, different things like that. I'm not doing any of that, okay? Like, that's not important to me. But I do. I get out and run. Me and my wife got, like, fitted for running shoes because, We're those people that think we need to have the right stuff like the pros have in order to do it. And so that's what we did. We still don't run over two miles, but hey, we're getting there.
1: Yeah, that's fine. (laughs) It's about everything. There was a funny story of Ryan Clark at the ESPN gym working out and I was training for a half marathon, which is what he's referring to. And so quickly, I was running six miles on a treadmill, which I was running pretty you know, decent speed, but his whole workout finished. I'm still on the treadmill. Like, yeah, you hey buddy? Much.
0: Yeah, I, I work. I'm retired. I'm not doing all that.
1: <laughs> um, all right. So let's get to it. The Rams, that team, that football team we're talking about. They drafted nine players this year in the draft. Um, with their first two picks, they got a running back from Florida State, Cam Akers, and a wide receiver from Florida, Van Jefferson, Van Jefferson. Which I love that name, Van. Like, that's a like that's strong. Um, what do you think of their initial picks? The Rams yeah. using. Uh, their first two picks to get offensive players to help out Sean McVay and Jared.
0: I I, I think you needed offensive players. You lose Brandon Cooks. Obviously, Todd Gurley is no longer there. And when you think about names that are synonymous with that Super Bowl run, you know, Brandon Cooks and Todd Gurley would be part of that. And so now you look at, okay, let's rebuild our team from a younger perspective, which is what you have to do when your quarterback gets big money, right? Like we talk about this all the time. Try to win while your quarterback is on that rookie deal, because once he gets big money, some of those other big money deals got to go. And so you get Cam Akers, and I'm really big into high school football, and high school recruiting. Cam Akers was the number one running back in the country coming out of Mississippi when he went to Florida State. He has a good freshman year, and then some of the issues at Florida State, some of the coaching things, and the hires weren't good, and the team wasn't very good. But this dude can flat out play. Extremely explosive fast, uh, good in and out of cut. So I think he's a great pick. And then you look at Van Jefferson. Van Jefferson was a guy who gave LSU trouble. And when you give LSU trouble, I pay attention. He's one of the best route runners in this draft, probably right below Jerry Judy. And when you match him with some of the things the Rams like to do offensively, some of the multiple route combinations off of play action, I think he fits in perfectly. And now if you can get Either your fourth round safety uh, from Utah or if you can get Jordan Fuller from Ohio State to hit late defensively in the secondary, you need that to happen. That's where you build your team. I think the first two picks were home runs. I think both of those guys will be good players for the Rams. But some of those dudes on the back end are going to have to come through.
1: And to add on that, Cam, Jeff- um, Cam Akers specifically, um, when you look at Florida State, they had a pretty weak Uh, offensive line there were questions about Sean McVay and Lesmead and like affecting that O-line that has been injured the past year and the troubles they had there and they were like why aren't you getting an O-lineman what are you doing but if you get a running back that has worked in situations where it's like it's okay we're okay and I also think they have trust in the O-line and getting them healthy and all that again but I mean to note Cam Akers was basically blocking and running at the same time Yeah,
0: makers Cam makers Cam was playing around offensive linemen with the skill of me and uh obviously i don't have enough skill to block or remove anybody but that's what was going on at florida state i think the whole thing was a mess there are going to be a lot of players from that school who were either drafted or undrafted free agents mm-hmm. who become good football players in this league because you don't have the foundation of organizational um accountability which they didn't have there from a football perspective it's hard to win it's hard to be great and so uh i think you guys picked up uh levante taylor as Mm -hmm. well who was who was also he was the number one cornerback in the country when he came out of high school we
1: got someone we got someone you actually liked more than that uh the utah kid um carol burgess the safety which i wanted to ask you about yeah because
0: He was drafted, yeah, he was drafted in the in the fourth round. And if you look at that Utah secondary, all of those dudes are on the team. You know what I mean? Every single player in that secondary who started is on a team, whether drafted or whether the undrafted free agent that says a lot about coaching, a lot about skill, a lot about chemistry. And so he's another guy. You look at Taylor Rapp last year who probably right. could have been drafted higher, who was drafted a little bit later. He needs to ascend. Whether JJ comes back healthy and what he mm-hmm. used to be is important and also if we can get Burgess to play well as as a fourth rounder, which nowadays that happens at that position. Yeah. Safety, running back, linebacker, those guys can make impacts early. And so that's what you have to do. I have to hope from those guys. And you look at Jordan Fuller, who was drafted in the sixth round from Ohio, Ohio State, yeah. this dude played a ton of ball. He didn't run to forty, kinda like Taylor, didn't mm-hmm. run to forty. Everybody wanted him to run the ceiling may not be as high as other ceilings are but he's a dude who's played a ton of football for a great university under great coaching staff who can help as well. So I think with the draft picks you guys had in LA, you did a very good job.
1: You mentioned an interesting point, um, kind of picking up guys from big schools, which I mean, you went to a big football school, LSU, Mm -hmm. the Rams picked up a ton of talent this year from the college landscape as a whole from top tier schools. But then if you look back, there were guys like Cooper Cup who came out of Eastern mm-hmm. Washington. You know, I'm not saying that Boston College is not, you know, a big tier school, bigger, but JJ John Johnson went to Boston. Yeah. Co- I mean, and they're later round picks, but it's like is there I don't know, I I love I've talked to a lot of guys former football players who are like, I love getting guys from big tier schools, but what's the balance there? I don't know.
0: I mean, I think the I think the balance is hard. Uh, what normally happens is when a Cooper Cup is drafted or a guy like J.J. is drafted, they're so good mm. that if they go to LSU or they go to Alabama, they're probably picked high. Right? If Cooper Cup goes to LSU, the problem more so is actually getting on the field at LSU because of the other talent, the other competition, getting the opportunity to get the ball. But when they go to those smaller schools and they are that, they are a D1 Power 5 level uh, caliber players, they shine at those schools. And then if you scout the right way, if you watch the film the right way, if you evaluate and you evaluate those guys correctly, you get them in the third and the fourth round and you have very good players, pro bowl caliber players. And I think, you know, but that's the thing. You're going to have one or two dudes from those schools. Whereas LSU, you got 14, right? <laughs> <A>
1: <laughs> Not 14 to brag because he went there.
0: <laughs> I'm absolutely bragging. Go Tigers. Uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you, know <laughs> you get you get fourteen drafted, and of the rest of the whole class, right? You know, the whole entire class in 2019 is on a roster.
1: That's crazy. They
0: like, got I so much. Coach, like every I can coach, rebuilding, I can coach that. I can coach figure that. You know, and and I think, but I think that there is a a, a great balance of understanding how to evaluate the big school talent, mm-hmm. and also figuring out how you get those in, integral pieces of your organization. From the small schools, when you have a start, and uh, you know, or from the non-traditional powerhouse universities, and I think that's why you know, Les Mead and Sean have great backyards where they can hold um, virtual drafts from because they get paid the big bucks because it's a hard job to do. (laughs) Would you
1: rather go to uh, King Ferry's house or Sean McVay's house, though? Like in in this pandemic, because I question Cliff's lack of furniture. Like, what are you going to have all that space for? My man, well, are we I all think- sitting around having kumbaya?
0: Let's and- be let's be <laughs> honest.
2: Coaches aren't spending much time at their houses,
0: Just right? right. Like those, those, the those those houses mean nothing. Those people are not there. You buy right. if you're a coach. If you're a coach, you buy a house for other people to enjoy, which is exactly what Cliff Kingsbury did. Cliff Kingsbury set the greatest thirst trap of all time during the virtual draft. I mean, some people go shirtless. Some people post workout videos. Cliff Kingsbury turns on the fireplace when it's 100 degrees in Arizona and shows people that house without the furniture because you don't freaking need furniture. We socially distancing anyway, right? So you don't want people that close to you regardless. And so Cliff Cliff Kingsbury lets you know that this house is for Netflix and chilling and nothing else. We're not going to eat here. We're not going to cook. We're not going to be close, but it sure is fun to look at.
2: Good news: you can still have mm-hmm. In and Out delivered in Arizona, I believe.
0: You can. That's, oh. that's all you need. That's all you need. He said. Um, Although In and Out is a very average hamburger, by the way.
2: Whoa, uh, whoa, whoa! Ooh,
1: you're gonna mess up a lot of people in LA. Thanks for right coming on the
2: pod, thanks, 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 appreciate your time. It's been fun.
1: <laughs> He's not even. <laughs> Matt isn't even from the
0: West Coast originally.
2: <laughs> no, I'm a I'm a Whataburger guy.
0: What, now, what WaterBurger is much better. Agree. Now that's that's a real hamburger. That's a real chicken strip. A real chicken sandwich. In and out is a West Coast novelty.
1: The freshness of the burger. I don't like their fries, but the freshness of the burger and the fact that, as a person who's gluten free, which many Angelenos are these days, you can get in the lettuce fat. So it's like protein stuff. So I'm like, okay. <speaking> i, I cool. volunteered myself to
2: go to the Senior Bowl just so I could get WaterBurger.
0: I'm not mad at you at all, bro. Yeah, that's way better than In-N-Out. And uh, Lettuce Rap is important, but not more important than actually liking the burn.
1: It's a forward DB.
2: <laughs> Smooth Someone is good
1: friends. And I was like, nice transition, Morales. Um, you're friends with Eric Weddle. I know this.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: If you follow either of them on Twitter, they just send each other happy emojis to each other. Um, what is your wow. quick, quick question? trader? Hater. I have not included it. I just got the favorite. I just got the, oh, cool, Serena's paying attention to our little conversation. Thanks, buddy. Um, what is your opinion? Because Eric Weddle, I texted him after we got Terrell Burgess um, the safety from Utah. I was like, okay, my friends. I was watching a lot of you guys the youths this season because of, because of Eric Weddle, so I would talk to right. him about him. Um, but it looks like Sean McVay specifically is going to maybe use Terrell Burgess more in the slot. We lost a guy like Michael Roby Coleman. Yeah. Um, What is, as a person who has not played this position before, what is that transition like for for someone at his caliber? Like, I mean, I think everyone's very high on him.
0: Right. When I came out of college, I'd only played free safety. Um, When I got to the league, though, my first start, my first four starts were at the nickel position in the slot. And And, you know, it wasn't something that many people did then, that you transition that way. But it's become big because of guys like Malcolm Jenkins, guys like Tyron Matthews, where you have that safety who always rotates in the slot because now teams are using 11 personnel, which is one tight end, one back, so they can get nickel on the field and run the football. So you need somebody that can tackle. You need a guy that's tough, but he also has to be able to cover. And I think that's what you're looking at uh, when you look at Burgess, a guy who can do those things. And now you keep people on the field that you can't necessarily take advantage of from a matchup situation and you look at the way taylor was used he was used a lot as a dime linebacker last year i would think that that starts to change as he matures Mm -hmm. and you want to get him on the field more uh you obviously have one of the best cornerbacks in football is jalen ramsey and so you know you hope that uh david long comes along as well and what you're really trying to build is a very young very talented secondary core and you have to find players that fit uh, what you want to do, not necessarily what the league is doing as a whole, but when you watch the teams who are playing very well in sub-package football, which is when you take a linebacker off the field, it seems to have a very versatile person in that slot. Uh, I think losing Roby Coleman, though, is going to be huge. I, I believe, I feel like he was a very underrated part of the Rams' success. Uh, extremely sound. And, you know, I would talk about it all the time, just give him props for the pieces he added to that team Because, like, when you play on a team with Aaron Donald, there's not enough compliments and good adjectives to go around for the rest of the players. You know? It's like, like, a dude gets a pick. (laughs) Like, a cat could get a one-hand pick. But you know what we're going to talk about? The five people Aaron Donald whipped to make it a bad throw. Correct. Because that's the most important. Because it's him. He's setting it up. He's setting it up. So I think a lot of pieces are underrated, and I thought, uh Roby Robbie Coleman was a very underrated piece to that. So he won't be easy to replace. And doing it as a rookie without an off season, right? Basically making a position change because Javelin Guidry uh who ran four two nine or something like that at the combine, he was Utah's you know, uh starting slot corner because right. that was a position for him. And so it's gonna be a transition. But I believe it's something that he can do.
2: I think uh I'll just yeah. jump in here too real quick. Uh yeah. Traven Howard, I watched him convert from safety to linebacker. Kid. Yeah, and uh, it, it's it's interesting. I mean, he was a safety and then became the all-time leading tackler at DCU. Um, and with some of the pieces they picked up this offseason, bringing back Brockers and uh, picking up Sean Robinson, I'm kind of seeing or I'm wondering if uh, we're shifting more to like a four-two-five style of defense rather than like the traditional 3-4. Well,
0: I, I think you can only play that when teams allow you to stay in your regular or what we used to call in Pittsburgh your Oki package, which is your base package. Uh football has changed now to where you're in sub package or nickel or dime situation seventy five percent of the time. Right. And you have to build your team around that. You know, there's gonna be a linebacker who starts just only on paper because, you know, you're not gonna have the opportunity to be in that package a lot. And so you have to build your teams where you can rush with four or you're used to having four down linemen, two backers and five defensive backs, which is why that defensive back that comes in the sub packages or has to play the nickel has to be versatile enough, also physical enough to stop the run. And I think that's why you see teams starting or beginning to be built the way they are. What
1: area of this team are you going to be most fascinated and will pay attention to the most? Is it, Guys, we picked up on offense, the defense. Like, I mean, there's I, we I had a new like, OC and a new
0: DC. Well, I, to, to me, it's the run game in general. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, obviously, losing Todd is important, but you look at the decline of the run game. as whatever was going on with him was going on. We nobody knows what it is. The phantom thing, right? So whenever it was going, whatever was going on with that, and the way that it affected Jarrett, right? The way that the O-line affected the run game. And it, it it allowed us to see that, you know what, the Rams have always been run first. And everything else offensively was predicated off of that. Being able to, the, the jet sweep fake and the long downfield, long developing play action passes, all of that started because you could run the football in LA better than any team in the NFL. So what happens with that now? You have Cam Akers, there's no longer no time girly there's an offensive line that you're counting on to be healthier how does the run game come back into play and does that elevate jared Goff's play to what it was in his pro bowl super bowl season and right. i think those two, i think that'll be the most important thing because we were all so you know showing the genius which i still believe but players play you know you can dial up or draw up any extravagant uh type of scheme you want but if it's not executed we can't win and if I know you're one-dimensional on defense I'm going to pin my ears back and hit your quarterback in the face who has a lovely mustache now by the way he just cut it off yesterday
1: what are we doing oh my
0: goodness (laughs) I didn't know he cut it off the
2: the corn stash is gone
1: (laughs) it's gone she gone
0: and so you know you look at this team the run game needs to be back into play um and if you can do that I believe they get back to playing good ball, but they're in a division that's hell. Right? San West. Francisco, Seattle. Wow. Like, whoever thought that the NFC West would be back to what it is. And so each week, you know, week in and week out, you're going to have to be at the top of your game because you have such good teams in your division.
1: I mean, Arizona, Kingsbury's backyard is playing practically in the freaking game. Like, I mean, he wins the game just for his yard. <laughs>
0: If his backyard was in the game, they'd be undefeated.
1: <laughs> They're winning the whole thing. Um, quickly, uh, we got a segment called What Makes Me Happy. Two things. Uh, the Rams had uh, LA Clippers head coach Doc Rivers join a Zoom call with the entire team for a virtual off-season meetings, which I just That's think dope. is awesome. Yes. And I think players really appreciate it. Hey, bro,
0: they talk like this the whole time. <laughs> hey, CP3, I loved him. He had to go. Blake. Uh, uh, I love Blake Blake's gone though Blake's gone Pat, I love Pat uh, we got Kawhi Ka- 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 Kawhi's a player Ka- Ka- Kawhi anybody got water Kawhi you can know, do it
2: load management you know
0: Kawhi. Ryan
1: definitely
0: practices this for you. Kawhi can do it Um, yeah Uh, we got PG Uh, yeah hey PG is hurt shoulder winning back when we come back hey, we're gonna win
1: outside of mm-hmm. getting hey. back
0: some water
1: got- <laughs> um, what do you think? Are you going to be joining OT? I mean, you were supposed to come to Rams OTAs. I don't. We don't know yeah, what it's going to look like. Yeah, I
0: tell, tell you what. I'm not rushing to LA, guys. I'm just going to be honest. You know, stay, stay I'm home, gonna, stay safe. I'm going to stay at my house. Uh, I'll have to just virtually chime in this year because I'm not coming to OTAs out there. If y'all have them,
2: you got a virtual right. hamburger waiting for you whenever you do.
0: <laughs> as long as it's not in and out, bro.
1: The the other the other thing that makes me happy, Aaron Donald. At all, we were just saying like, oh man, this guy always gets all the praise. Well, now I'm giving him more praise. He also just graduated from Pittsburgh. Like, got a degree from Pitt this off season in communication. I have a question. Please, he raised his hand. Question.
0: <laughs> question. So, the dude that the entire weight room is named after, because he paid for it. Just got a degree. <laughs> okay, cool. No problem.
1: Exactly. I'm going to leave it there.
0: I'm going to leave it
1: there. me so happy. For
0: all the things you don't have. So last season. If I could, if I could buy y'all a weight room, I'm not going to school. <laughs> For why? I just bought the weight room. He
1: got it in I communication. Did? He can communicate that he bought the weight room.
0: You know, you know what communications he needs to know? He needs to remember? One defensive player of the year. Two defensive player of the year. <laughs> like three even. Oh, 20 million. 40 million. Yeah, do you $20. have to like, when you're you submitting He probably needs more of a finance degree. When, when, you're yeah, submitting, like
2: when you're submitting your like application, do you just be like, my name is on the weight room. Please let me be a student again.
0: Could you just help me graduate? Like, I just don't... It's crazy though. And they like I was talking to somebody there. They said that he called an asked if he could work out. What?
1: That's so A D. That is so hey guys. Aaron Donald. Hey guys,
0: can I can I come work out in the weight room I paid for? He
1: has he put he should have his own coat. He should have his own like it should be a face scanner. I'm sure that's somewhere implemented in the gajillion dollars he donated. It's just like yeah. oh. Aaron Donald's here.
2: Like Hockey's Con- like apartment above the Pepsi Center. Like Aaron right. Donald has like his yeah. own dorm room yeah. <laughs> above the weight right. weight facility. Yeah, Warren. percent News
1: from around the NFL. Ryan, where do all the quarterbacks go? Andy Dalton. Cam Newton. Even a guy like I'm gonna throw this one out. Blake Bortles, who was our backup quarterback last season. It seems like a decade ago, this man threw for like 377 yards, that four-touchdown game against the Patriots, the AFC Championship game. What about Aaron Rodgers? Does he say Aaron Rodgers cool? But, like, we, we have all these quarterbacks I, floating around. Like, what?
0: For the first time in the, for the first time in history of football, we have more quarterbacks than we have opportunities, uh, which hardly ever happens. And so I don't know where anybody goes. I think Jacksonville and teams seem to have at least a guy they feel is competent enough to start. Right there's no team that's like, oh my goodness, we don't have a guy. And so, you know, you look at Jacksonville, you look at New England, like these teams at least have stars. And so, you're gonna have to wait, see the camp when camp starts, and so you kind of know what you have in each guy to so whether or not any of these dudes, you know, find an opportunity.
1: It's crazy. They're just they're just sitting around. I'm like, yeah, what? Cam? they just sitting right now. I'm like, man, um. But then you have guys like Tom Brady and Phillip Rivers who are older and are still playing and they have jobs. And so with that, speaking of older players, the guy who still has it, he's still got it. Kicker, Adam Vinatieri. He plans on coming back for another season. What? RC? he was born in 1972. He's 47 years old. If he Uh gets signed, he will be playing in his fourth decade of football. And like yo, we joke about Whitworth all the time, but forty-seven is very close to fifty, and not forty. Yeah. Question: Do you tell him no if he wants to come back again? Are you like you know, yeah, man? Are you going to do. sit
0: down? Yeah, I mean, I, I think you do because I. Oh, oh, it not just over because I think you have to let go of the nostalgia of what he used to be, and it's no, I have, it's no offense. Like we, if all the time catches up to us all, like at some point, Tom's not going to be able to do it. And you had to be able to tell him, go sit your old tail down. Uh, you know, and it's the same thing, you know, during the season, you were trying to figure out would Adam Vinatieri still be on the team? Would they pick up a new kicker? And I think when it starts to get to that point, it's okay to hang it up. He's a Hall of Famer. Um, I don't think there's any question about that. He's won some of the biggest games in the history of football on his leg. But, no, nah, I do don't want to discourage anybody's opportunity to work. So if he wants to work, then good. Perfect. But I do think he has to go win a job. It yeah. can't be just because of what you used to be. Right. You're our kicker. And I think that's going to be difficult for him. Yeah.
2: Matt, it's that time. Is it already? Yeah. doesn't feel like it. You know what time it is, checked Ryan? checked
0: out. All
2: right. So normally for our socially distant social segment, we'd be looking around, seeing what's trending on Twitter. But I've been looking at your timeline, and I'm realizing – that you are just now starting the office what is going on I, what are you doing explain yourself i don't know why i mean
0: i don't it's late I mean, you were like it's 10 opinion? years later like the honest opinion if the office and this is just honest if the office had people like martin lawrence starting in i probably would have seen it already when i was just uh, watching martin <laughs> yeah you know like I don't rush to see things that Steve Carell is a part of. Uh, Rain okay. Wilson, Rain Wilson is not necessarily in the top of. Hey, when he's in something, I want to rush to see it. False, and that's just—it's just honest, you know. Um, and so I just people. I think less people than I hear now talking about it because I'm tweeting about it. Told me about it it wasn't like people were rushing up to me. Oh, you got to watch this. Like when breaking bad was out, so many people, bro, you watch breaking bad. You got to watch breaking bad. The office wasn't necessarily like that. I don't know if it wasn't a thing in football locker room, but I didn't hear. It. And now that I'm tweeting about it, now Cam Hayward is like, bro, you just watching the office. Uh-huh. I'm like, well, did you see it and not tell me <laughs> like you're supposed to be a good teammate. Let's keep um, it to ourselves. <laughs> um, but it's, it's a, it's, it's a inappropriate show. Um, uh, very uncomfortable to watch at many times uh that first season especially it's
2: just it's brutal but it gets better
0: yeah and the pe- the no it's not not even that like i thought it was good from the first season it's just you know uh some sensitive race things some sensitive sensitive sex things it's just all it's it kind of crosses the line a lot and i really enjoy it um uh, for the people, the <laughs> people sometimes are annoying, which I've learned. They ooh, like they're ooh. just annoying. Give all me of a... them. The okay. Dwight's annoying. Michael's annoying. Alan's Michael. annoying. Uh, Kevin's amazing. Um, I just got through the one where Holly started to work there, and she thought Kevin was special,
2: <laughs>
0: and <laughs> he thought, and he thought that she wanted to make love to him. So that was different. That was fun. Uh, uh,
2: have you gotten on any of the conspiracy theories about um, how, like, the whole accounting department is uh, like laundering money secretly through the whole thing? And that's why Kevin. I got, that's why Kevin. They say like Kevin's faking being not as smart as he is, and that's like his cover up for. Uh,
0: uh, I'm not. I'm not sure about any of those things. Um, Are you
1: on the pranks yet, Ryan? All the pranks that Jim does to Dwight.
0: Yeah, but Jim loves Dwight, though. Fact.
1: Yes, that is fact. Yes. He, like, secretly loves him. I yeah, one time you. pranked someone um, back in the day when I was trying to get into sports journalism after college. I worked at an investment bank and I was watching The Office and I pranked a guy at this investment bank. I was like an assistant. <laughs> I took a stapler and I floated it in jello. It was like my success story.
0: Did it's you like get a fired lot. for it? Did they kick you out? No, no. Everyone they, was
1: like, this is fascinating. How does this assistant figure out how to float Jello in a stapler in Jell-O? So I, I think right. I was promoted. I think I was asked to be, I was a temp worker and I, I got offered a full-time job. So, you know, not to brag, but. <laughs> okay. We're going to end this <laughs> podcast um, with say what? Clay Johnson is okay. a linebacker from Baylor. Uh, was a 234th pick of uh, the Rams draft. Okay. Father was a strength and conditioning coach in the NFL for uh, the Chargers. They were in mm-hmm. San Diego. Um, this guy is so hyped. So Matt is going to play a quick mashup of his first press conference. You have to hear this.
0: Oh come on, bro. Yeah, yeah, I can't even. I'm hyperventilating. I wanted to get under the squat rack. I wanted to get some pads on. I'm freaking stoked. Let's go, man. I'm fre- Gosh,
2: Dang it, bro. I'm freaking
0: pumped.
2: Thank the Lord
0: to the Rams. Let's freaking go. I'm about to run through the door right in front of me right now. Oh, man, I'm so pumped, man. God, I'm so thankful. Wow. Let's go. This is the most excited I've ever been. Let's go. Come on. I'm freaking pumped. I'm about to run through that door again. That's
1: Clay Johnson.
0: That's pretty excellent. Good for him. That's, that's how you should feel. That's how excited you should be. Is that is that huge of an accomplishment. And I think, you know, I love seeing the emotion. That was the cool part about the draft because it was in so many different homes. The the emotion of the kids, the emotion of the family, we've we've gotten so enamored with being early picks, first-round picks, that we forget it's only 250-some-odd people selected that actually get that phone call that says, we thought highly enough of you to draft you. And so no matter where you pick, I feel like that's the way you should react. Those are the feelings you should have. Like me and my son sat and we watched it. And, you know, it was some friends of his that he grew up close to that are now getting drafted. He's he'll be he's 19 now. And he's like, man, you know, he didn't go first round. I feel bad for him. And I'm like, why? You know, he, he got that phone call. Somebody called him and told him, we are drafting you. And so it's amazing that that kid has that spirit, has that energy about it, man, because that's what, that's what it's all about. Like, you play this game, your whole life is free. You know, and now somebody's like, hey, bro, same game you've been playing for free since you were very little we're gonna pay you to do it and that's you know and so it's amazing that he shared that type of energy with um, yeah, didn't you and tell like, your
1: son you were undrafted like like yo man what about me
0: <laughs> no nah, i mean he clearly knows you know, right? I mean, he, clearly, he clearly knows but i just think you know the the dream is to be drafted and it's to be mm-hmm. drafted as high as you can be and when you're around these people, the Grant Delpits, the Christian Fultons, mm-hmm. and all these dudes, do you who've been expected to go first round the whole time, and they don't, you feel like it's a letdown. Mm-hmm. And you know, you gotta tell them, bro, nah, it's not a science. You don't go with everybody's saying all the time, but when you do, it's a blessing. That's
1: awesome. As a, well, as, a, a frog, as a former horn frog,
2: as a former horn frog, it's hard for me to like root for Baylor kids, but I I was pretty pretty excited to see his reaction and how how stoked he is yeah. to be here.
1: That may run through a wall, too, with him at some point. Yeah, we get to other walls again.
0: Well, well, neither of you guys run through walls. I appreciate you having me. It's fun. Appreciate um, you. waterburger over in and out all day. And yeah. I'm hoping that this year I can get the Rams back in my power ring.
1: Yeah, we, we want that. I need some get up, love at some point I, when you get on there so I,
0: got I appreciate
1: you. you Ryan um that's it another episode of rambling in the books make sure you hit that subscribe button we're bringing you more episodes throughout the off season you can also catch my friend Ryan Clark on his own podcast Base First Podcast with Ryan Clark um Rance fans don't forget if you want more all things Rams, we got another official Rams podcast led by JB Long called Rams Revealed until then stay safe stay healthy my friends I'll see you soon